This is Christian Meditation for a Bigger Life. I'm Dave Cover. I want to help you with Christian meditation and experience God's presence through biblically guided imagination, where you can draw near to God and get the stress and anxiety out of your mind, out of your heart, and out of your body, so you can live a bigger life. Begin, lie flat on your back if you can. Otherwise, sit comfortably in a chair, or if you're in a different situation, that's okay too. But try to uncross your legs and arms, and close your eyes if you can, so that you can see better with the eyes of your heart. And take in a deep breath in through your nose, sending the air deep into your belly. Maybe using your stomach muscles to force your belly to rise with each intake of new breath, just so you get that belly breathing down. And as you exhale, imagine your body is like a air mattress. You're just letting the air out of the air mattress where the tight mattress becomes softer with each outbreath, like letting the air out, letting the tightness soften in your muscles all throughout your body. See if you can focus on taking deeper breaths and letting your out breath be a little longer than your in breath. And you're trying to slow your breathing down, breathing more deeply. Deep into your belly. And your out-breath is like releasing tension and tightness all throughout your body. Christian meditation is intentionally focusing on reconnecting your body vertically with God's reality, God's presence. Reconnecting your body with God. Our culture, perhaps because of a Heresy that's been in Christianity for centuries that kind of sees the soul as separate from the body. That's not a biblical view of the soul, but that is a view that kind of has snuck in Christianity and it has become part of our culture because it always seems to be, and I don't want to be overly spiritually dramatic, but it's kind of a demonic trick. It's in almost every religion that's not Christianity, and it has snuck into Christianity as well, seeing our true self as something separate from our body. And I think when this becomes an unconscious view of who we are, then we are able to disassociate our body from the things that really matter in who we are. We're able to have issues sexually or in eating abusive eating, abusive sexuality, uh, ways that we use our body, abuse our body, because we don't see it as an important part of who we truly are. We are an embodied soul. And if we don't see ourselves as an embodied soul, there's a kind of demonic bifurcation between what we see as our soul's connection with God and what we do with our body. And when we fall into that kind of heresy, when we fall into that kind of unbiblical thinking, 
we lose a sense of mental connection with our body as being important in our connection with God. So right now, if you can focus on feeling your body as you take in deep, slow breaths, feeling your body from within, kind of, feeling the life in your body, the presence of your body, and with each out-breath, focus on feeling your body letting go of tension. And you're becoming more aware of maybe where anxiety and tension is residing in your body. It's unconscious because we sort of go through our life not thinking about how our body is connected to our true self, our soul, our mind, the condition of how we're doing. But it always shows up in our body. There's never a time when how we're doing soulishly doesn't show up in our body because we are an embodied soul. So Christian meditation is reintegrating that reality in our own awareness. One of the ways we integrate our body with our mind is by focusing our mind on feeling our body. So breathing in through your nose into your belly. And as you exhale, focusing your mind on letting your body release tightness and tension. Again, I think the image, the imagination, envisioning your body like an air mattress that's getting softer with each out-breath. Almost as if each out-breath is releasing tightness and tension all throughout your body. In our last episode, we looked at what David writes in Psalm 143. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my pleas for mercy. In your faithfulness answer me. In your righteousness. Enter not into judgment with your servant, for no one living is righteous before you. Then he goes on to say, For the enemy has pursued my soul. And again, he's talking about not his spiritual life. He's not saying the enemy doesn't care about a spiritual life, but he's talking about his very existence, his whole self. For the enemy has pursued my soul. He has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me sit in darkness like those long dead. Therefore, my spirit faints within me. My heart within me is appalled. Just notice David's poetic parallelism. All these terms are kind of the same thing. My soul, my life, my spirit, my heart. And he's talking about currently he is being crushed. His spirit faints within him, his heart and his Life is crushed. And so he says in verse 5, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the work of your hands. I remember. I meditate on. I ponder 
what God has done in the past. This is how I see my horizontal circumstances now. All the things in my life, the circumstances, how I'm doing, how my relationships are going, how my life is being pursued by those who want to destroy me, how circumstances are becoming difficult for me, all my horizontal circumstances. I bring vertically before God. I see God as the overarching reality in all my horizontal circumstances. So I remember, I meditate on, I ponder what God has done in the past, the work of your hands, he says. Now for David, probably the big events of the past that he's meditating on is God's covenant promises to Abraham and how God fulfilled the covenant promise of giving him and Sarah a child even when they were in their old age. The impossible became possible with God. And how God has fulfilled the promise of delivering his people from slavery in Egypt through the miracles of Moses. And so the Exodus and the promises of God to Abraham, how God is fulfilling his promise of creating a new humanity through whom all nations on earth will be blessed. These are the works of God's hands that David is remembering. He's meditating on. He's pondering. Now for us, this side of Jesus, this side of the death and resurrection of Jesus, these verses pull that thread through the needle even more where we can remember and we can meditate on and we can ponder the work that God has already done, the work of his hands in becoming human in the person of Jesus, dying on the cross to take sin and death into the grave with him and to break through the other side of death through his resurrection so that he can bring a new resurrected reality to his people, his true and spiritual descendants of Abraham, which is what every believer in Christ is. So this is in the context of what David is saying. I plead for mercy. In your faithfulness, answer me. In your righteousness. Enter not into judgment with your servant, for no one living is righteous before you. I remember, I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the work of your hands. And so we think of verses like in 2 Corinthians 5.21 where the Apostle Paul writes, God made him, he's talking about Jesus, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now here's the thing that really is something for us to meditate on, to remember, to ponder, is that God made Jesus who knew no sin, had no sin, to become sin on our behalf. He took our sin upon himself. He became the embodiment of our sin when he went to the cross and took our sin with him to the cross and took our sin with him into death so that we might become the righteousness 
of God. No, we will become the righteousness of God in our resurrection when Jesus returns. The Bible teaches that. But even now, we embody the righteousness of God because Christ indwells our body by his Holy Spirit. Even now, we, our embodied soul, have become the righteousness of God. He has taken our sin and he has given us his righteousness. That's why just a few verses before this, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, he writes, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The old has already passed away. We are already a new creation in Christ. And the new creation has already come. The new has come. Paul says, Behold. It's like David saying, I remember. I meditate on. I ponder. What you, God, have already done. The work of your hands. The work of his hands for you is that he has become sin on your behalf so that you will become the righteousness of God in him. That's going to happen in your resurrection, but it's already true of your embodied soul now. Behold, the new has come. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. He became sin on your behalf. Behold, the new has come. You have become the righteousness of God. So meditate on this and feel this in your embodied soul. Feel the righteousness of God flowing through your body right now. Reintegrate your body with your mind. Reintegrate your sense of who you are. You are an embodied soul. And use your biblically guided imagination to feel into your body this vertical truth. Because Christ has come and died. And he who knew no sin became sin on your behalf. And he took your sin into death. And he rose from the dead to bring righteousness into your future, but also into your present. His Holy Spirit in your body. And your body right now flows with the righteousness of God. It's not your righteousness. It's his. Feel that into your body right now as you breathe in through your nose, into your belly, and as you exhale, feel this sense all throughout your body of the righteousness of God flowing through your veins. The righteousness of God filling your body. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, ponder, meditate on, 
remember, the new has come. Already, God made him who had no sin to be sin for you, so that in him you might become the embodied you, the embodied soul of who you are forever, might become the righteousness of God. Feel that into your body now. You are the righteousness of God, not your righteousness, but Christ's righteousness given to you, your sin given to him, his righteousness given to you. You are a new creation. The old has already passed away. It's already good as done because Jesus has already died. And he has taken the old, he has taken your sin upon himself. And behold, the new has come. The righteousness of God in you. His righteousness. Remembering that, meditating on that, pondering the work of his hands, what he has already done, We read David's words again and make them your own words. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my plea for mercy. In your faithfulness, answer me, in your righteousness. Enter not into judgment with your servant, for no one living is righteous before you. The enemy has pursued my soul. He's crushed my life to the ground. My spirit faints within me. My heart within me is appalled. I remember. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the work of your hands. If anyone is in Christ, you are a new creation. The old has gone. Behold, the new has come. God made him who knew no sin, who had no sin, to become sin on your behalf so that you can become the righteousness of God. Thanks for listening to Christian Meditation for a Bigger Life. If you found this podcast helpful, please give us a rating in your podcast app so others can find it more easily. It really does help. And consider sharing this episode with a friend. Our audio engineers are Diego Huaman and Matthew Matlack. Look for new episodes each Tuesday and Thursday morning.